and Prince Charles has a two trillion dollar interest in Larry Fink's BlackRock that made its money from the mortgage interest rate cartel, which is also the Epstein ring. So you can see how all these things link together. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for tuning in. That was Mark Anthony Taylor, a man who's not afraid to take on the most powerful people in the world, even though getting justice in a court of law in the United States or the UK is virtually impossible. Why? Well, because Rothschild, pedo rings, and banksters. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. The markets are all over the place, and nobody's quite sure what to do. What are you doing to make sure your money is safe? Precious metals, gold and silver, have seen us through wars, depressions, and natural disasters for thousands of years. Now, always do your own diligence, as there is no guarantee in any investment of any kind. But gold and silver might just be the answer right now. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today and claim your free 3-ounce Silver American Virtue coin. Yes, free. Call 877-646-5347 right now and safeguard your financial future against market volatility. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. The link is below. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report. Guys, I have a blockbuster broadcast here for you. A real true crime David versus Goliath story. Epstein, Russian money laundering, LIBOR rate fixing Deutsche Bank, pedo networks. You know, I interviewed this man a few years back, Mark Anthony Taylor. And the name of that interview, at least part two, was called Banksters, Wetworks, and Pedo Networks. Let me show you what we're talking about, guys, because uh, the rabbit hole runs deep. This is his website, Shireman.com. Insolvent Deutsche Bank fraudsters a litigation hypertext from Shireman.com. So what's going on here, guys? Well, let me remind you that uh, in 2014, ex-Deutsche Bank executive William Brokschmidt killed himself, we're told, after leaving several suicide notes for family and friends in Kensington. He was found hanging. Well, we've got an update for you, and uh, sadly, it includes an update about his son, who also disappeared and then was found dead in 2022. His son's name was Valentine Brokesmith. So let me welcome our guest, Mark Anthony Taylor. Mark, welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Sean. I'm recovering from the uh, woe flow. So you, you have this William Brokesmith who, who, who commits apparent suicide, as they say. Mm -hmm. Only I looked into it. I uncovered a secret Baffin report. Uh, followers from our previous videos can see I've been suing Deutsche Bank for gold price manipulation. And through the course of that lawsuit, I discovered they, they were laundering money for the Russian mafia, about $1.3 trillion, according to FinCEN docs, if you want to search online. They were also laundering money for the Epstein ring. And the key members of uh, their housing society, which is just their political group, including Peter Mandelson and Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. There she is right there. Lynn yes. Forrester de Rothschild. That's right. They they seem to be using the Epstein pedophiling to get away with laundering from the Russian mafia. So come 2021... All of the restraining orders from Deutsche Bank expire against me, and now I've got this uh, big dossier. 
But critically, I've been reviewing some of the materials that the judges in 2015 said were vexatious. And one was a secret Baffin report you can see on my website. If you go to the section, if you search for OCR in the evidence archive, this is available. It's still available on the internet, but the links are disappearing. But this is uh, the document I submitted to the courts in 2015 that incriminated Anshu Jain for libel manipulation. So I was basically saying he was uh, a recidivist fraudster, and I was using this as evidence. But they they said it was vexatious of me to file this document as part of my lawsuit. Well, years later, this is fairly turgid stuff, but years later I, I reread this with the knowledge that William Brokesmith, who was an auditor for Deutsche Bank, had supposedly committed suicide. And what I discovered is that this document exonerates Brokesmith. It holds no blame against him whatsoever. But if you read it, you'll see there's um, you see the name Fasola was Jane's number two. He was the head of global rates. He was he was basically um, Jane's number two um, LIBOR man. And this Baffin document, written by the German regulators, repeatedly makes criticisms of him for rigging LIBOR rates. On 2019. He ends up being prosecuted by the Italian government for LIBOR manipulation. He gets a five-year prison sentence, which is a vid a vid which uh, is cut down to three years. Now, I wrote a freedom of information access request to the to the coroner for William Bergsmith, and I asked who it was from Deutsche Bank, who William Bergsmith's wife phoned up when he was discovered hanging from a dog leash. And the coroner wouldn't give me the name. But I looked up uh, the New York Times review of the suicide, and they named Michael Fasola. And I thought, uh, that's odd. Why wouldn't the coroner want to admit this public domain information in the fire? And it turned out, of course, that he was in prison for LIBOR manipulation at the time I made the fire. So he was an incarcerated fraudster found guilty of LIBOR manipulation. And what did he advise Fiona Wilcox? But that William Brokeschmidt was feeling guilty for LIBOR manipulation, contrary to what this Baffin document says. And as a result of that guilt... Writes, a writes three suicide notes, one to Anshu Jane, and in the, in the one to Anshu Jane, he claims to take all of the guilt of LIBOR manipulation onto his own shoulders and exonerates Jane. So the man giving advice, incriminating, yeah, well, yeah, practically incriminating Brokesmith for LIBOR manipulation was that was the number two LIBOR manipulator at Deutsche Bank. He ends up prosecuted for so obviously obviously the coroner would be embarrassed taking advice from a fraudster. And the more I read this, the more I'm convinced that we have to look we we need high definition scans 
of those suicide notes because if if one of those suicide notes is faked they're all faked they're all faked and and what the new what the new york times reported that almost no one else reported very cleverly was that all three suicide notes were laid in the same dog bed so they appeared in one batch so these things weren't independently sent by post or one by phone or one by email they were in the same batch so you can so we can presume they were either typed or handwritten you know and why should we as the general public accept the coroner's word that these notes were authentic when we haven't seen the coroner's report we haven't seen scans of these documents and the person giving her advice is a is an incarcerated fraudster. Yeah, we'll probably see all of that documentation just as soon as we see the Epstein client list. Which yeah, exactly. You know, see, what a convenient death. So they say that uh, William Brokesmith hung himself and he left suicide notes, which exonerated the former CEO of Deutsche Bank from any culpability in LIBOR manipulation. How much money? Can you remind folks? So Brokesmith was suicided more than likely, but Brokesmith, they say, killed himself in 2014. 2015 ended the reign at Deutsche Bank for Anshu Jain and uh, completely exonerated for how much money? The LIBOR manipulation? How many billions, hundreds of billions of dollars are we talking about? Can you remind us? You're talking about manipulation of the rates that determine mortgage rates that determine the asset prices of all retail estate on the planet. So that's a ninety trillion pound. That's a ninety trillion dollar market. So potential liabilities, if if our legal systems were honest, would be the real estate value of the planet. That's the re that's the real liability. That's what they're covering up to this day. Mortgage interest rate manipulation is LIBOR manipulation. The two things are the same. But, of course, none of us have got any compensation for any of this. None of us have ha had uh, houses awarded to us as a result of, of them rendering people um, insolvent through mortgage um, interest rate fraud. And to remind people, uh, and you basically said this uh, earlier on, but uh, Mark was suing Deutsche Bank guys for silver and gold manipulation. And of course, there will never be any justice for that. Look no further than J.P. Morgan and Gary Gensler and uh, the CFTC when Gensler was the head of that organization, that criminal organization that uh, allows for the manipulation of precious metals through the paper market. So it's just more of the same, but I don't think anybody understands how deep the rabbit hole goes. The fact that this entire case, in your opinion, Mark, is connected to Epstein, child sex trafficking, Russian That's money true. laundering, LIBOR manipulation, Deutsche Bank, drug money laundering. You know, it's funny, too, just to hear people like J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon tell Elizabeth Warren and anybody who will listen that Bitcoin is used to launder money. Bitcoin is used for international terror. Bitcoin is used to avoid taxes. I mean, give me a break. All yeah. roads lead to the criminal international banksters, Mark. Now we're on this point. I was going to draw this as a conclusion, but you've put the question, basically, how is this all tied together? It's all tied together with the Epstein ring, and the Epstein ring and the mortgage interest cartel, here's the, here's the thing, they are one and the same. All of Epstein's friends, which is Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan, Jess Staley, Barclays, 
you've got um Mike Bloomberg, Bloomberg Information Systems. You've got Larry Fink, BlackRock. And you've got Lloyd Blank Fine of Goldman Sachs. So all of these people were involved in rigging the mortgage interest rates. That, in effect, put all of the subprime portfolio in the hands of Larry Fink, all of these people are members of something called the Robin Hood Foundation that bankrolls Black Lives Matter. And since, they, since they've since grabbed hold of the subprime houses, guess who are they, they are liable for? All of those subprime mortgage holders. And a lot of those people are black people in America. So how do they divert attention from that? They, they invent Black Lives Matter and tell black people to demand reparations from impoverished, insolvent, white working class people. That's what Black Lives Matter is. It's the Epstein ring used as using um, Black Lives Matter as a distraction from the mortgage interest fraud. And BlackRock now owns $20 trillion worth of real estate assets confiscated from this subprime fraud. That's what it's all about. Hmm. Well, and that's two, tr $2 trillion of that belongs to the Crown. So that's why the British judicial system is complicit with the Epstein ring, because the king runs the judicial system Every every judge in the UK is an agent directly of the king. Hmm. Well, listen to this. Uh, I want your thoughts on this. We'll kind of bring this current for a minute. So you wrote here, Les Wexner and Jeff Epstein appear to have sold their neighboring house, the Upper East Side New York mansion, to the German Marshall Fund, handled by Guido Goldman. Then it passed to the CEO of Cantor Fitzgerald, who gave Jane the presidency of Cantor. Here's what I find interesting. I don't know if people remember this. I certainly do. So I Googled it just to be sure. Cantor Fitzgerald lost 658 bond traders, their employees, atop the World Trade Center on 9-11. And it's interesting to note that the CEO at the time did not show up to work. He survived. But what I wanted to add to it is this interesting thing that just I heard the other day, that Tether, which is a big buyer of Bitcoin, and is said to have billions on its balance sheet, was given a clean bill of health by Cantor Fitzgerald. <laughs> now, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, guys, one wonders how deep the rabbit hole goes. Does Tether really have the billions in reserves that they're supposed to have on hand? Well, Cantor says yes, but if Cantor's tied into all of this, oh God help us all, all bets are off. Yes, and of course, they can always get the government to print it off, can't they? or just basically defraud anyone litigating against Tether. Anyway, if you can go back to William Brokesmet, so I, I uncovered this evidence that rendered his coroner's inquest highly suspect. So I put this in my appeal. I won't go into the details um, of, of what happened in the High Court. I was going to, but uh, we probably won't have time today. But basically, it was um, totally rigged. The defenders just didn't turn up. They didn't format any documents. I was stuck at home because my mother had um, cancer, was on chemotherapy. The judge refused to email me. The judge refused to phone me just to notify me. 
that all of my documents, basically alleging murder and the Epstein ring and whatever, he's just going to sign off another restraining order. Mm-hmm. So I took this to the uh, Court of Appeal. I, I notified William's son. I said, uh, I believe you've been claiming all year, these years that your father was forced to commit suicide, which is easy, which is a, a, how they're done, basically. You know, you, someone points a gun to you and say, put this noose around your neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Step on that. Step on the stool, and I might not shoot. And then they kick the stool, and it's over. So you, so you force someone to commit suicide. Well, I also think they threaten families. You know, I think they say you're going to do this to save your family. Off. So Valentine Brakesmith, William's son, doesn't believe that his father willfully committed suicide of his own volition, and all the evidence points that. The suicide notes were faked, and this was a murder. So I took this to court, and at the very least, we should be looking forensically at the details in the coroner's request to get a proper review, and not just one person deciding it was suicide, you know, without without um, a jury o- overlooking them. And this is a potential murder. And my a case is basically struck out because the judge feared I might secretly be at home recording his hearing. So uh, so he refused to see me and refused to phone me and refused to email me. I'd written to the court asking what the, what the points of contention was, what the hearing was for, because defendants hadn't filed anything, and he refused to answer. So this was uh, total rubbish presented as a hearing. So I set up an appeal on the day that judge worcester basically told me that i'd failed in this um, high court action the son goes missing he's last seen driving around in a mini cooper you're talking about valentine brokesmith valentine valentine yeah he went missing in 2022 yeah the six the 6th of april that was the last CCTV image of him known in the world. He then appears, I think it was the 26th of April. Uh, don't get me on these dates. I mean, I remember off the top of the head, but I think the 26th of April, he he disappear, he reappears, and it's his body in the middle of a Los Angeles high school. So the uh, police are called. They quickly remove the body. They power wash the scene, which is only reported by about one news outlet. That's just good police work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the cause of death. Especially is, if you're working for the bad. The cause of death is unknown. So he didn't hang himself. He didn't shoot himself. He didn't overdose. He, he didn't jump from a high building. So if it, if it was suicide, how you know there's a mystery there. How did he commit suicide? But you look at the newspapers, you look at the news outlets, and they're all reporting his suicide, but not one of them gives the cause of suicide. Yeah. So they invented the conclusion that he committed suicide. It's not that the coroner didn't say that, the police didn't say that. They did. Isn't that interesting? And I know you remember, of course, because you're living this nightmare. All of yeah. those suicide bankers, there's been multiple bankers, especially at JP Morgan, who are jumping off high rise buildings around the world. The headquarters of JP Morgan 
around the world. Add to that, do you remember the guy, and this is horrific, I don't even want to show the video, but it's out there, of a banker being pushed, I think it was the oldest Italian bank in the world. Is it Guido Goldman? He was pushed out the window into an alleyway. He landed on his yeah. back, and then two men, two figures come out in the alleyway to make sure he's dying or dead. And it's horrifying. There was a plethora of these banker suicides just 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, so well, I think, I think it's all related, yeah. is my point. I mean, the rabbit hole yes, is so deep. Do you want to just break down? And by the way, we should introduce our guest, too. We have a uh, special guest. He's a witness in the Court of Appeal here for Mark Anthony Taylor. His name is Len Lawrence. We can learn about Len and his role in this story in just one second. But uh, what is the significance of what we're seeing here? We have uh, we have Jane. Jane up here right next to Epstein. Then this character down here, who is who's this guy? That's Peter Mandelson, otherwise known as the Prince of Darkness by the Thank British you. press. Thank you. And then we've got Putin. We've got Russian oligarchs. We've got a Rothschild. And then this witch, yeah. Liz Truss, this woman. I, you know, I tell you what, you guys must go out of your way over there to pick the most sycophantic, disgusting creatures in the world to be part of your government. You want to describe Liz Truss? What's her role in all of this? Liz Truss was the shortest lived prime minister. I think I wrote to Parliament just after she was made Prime Minister and then she was gone without a month. She appointed Sir Ian Burnett, whose, uh, fr whose friend is uh, William Hague and Alan Duncan. Alan Duncan was doing secret oil deals with Putin. He was investigated by MI5. His other friend is William Hague, who seemed to en enjoy uh, judo or wrestling sessions with... Um, with who? I thought you were going to say children. Jimmy with Jimmy Savile. Oh, see, there you go. I was just going to mention Sir Edward Heath and Jimmy Savile. Yeah. See, the yeah, rabbit so hole runs deep over there in the UK, guys, with yeah. that. And Hampstead William cover up with Jimmy, yeah. with Jimmy Savile, child sex That's trafficking right. for the royals, being best buddies That's with right. Prince Charles for you know 30 years. Good Lord. Yeah, and, and Prince Charles has a $2 trillion interest in Larry Fink's Black Rock that made its money from the mortgage interest rate cartel, which is also the Epstein ring. So you can see how all these things link together. So people are obviously being murdered to cover this up. So so Valentine goes missing on the day of the appeal. Well, no, sorry, he's dead on the day of the appeal, that the appeal is filed. So he's unable to provide a witness statement. So I tweeted uh, the LAPD um, chief police officer. He sent. He told me to get in contact with uh, Detective um, Oritz, I think his name is. Both men refused to discuss anything about Valentine, Valentine's scene of death. And none of them mentioned to me that they power washed the scene shortly after. But I did tell them that he was, a, he was a witness to his father's murder and I'd named him in the court of appeal. And he died that day. That The, the appeal got the documents, you know, curtailing his uh, written or spoken witness statement for my, for my case. And none of them showed the slightest bit of interest in the correlation of those dates, even though that there's been no conclusion of suicide from the coroner. So obviously the police have been told what to conclude, or at least not told what not to conclude. Now, there's only two witnesses named in my lawsuits. 
um, from 2021 onwards. And the second one was Len Lawrence. Len Lawrence, they tr it appears that they tried to disappear him, tried to kill him in the system just a few days before my high court hearing on the 30th of March. So I don't know if you want to take it over to Len just to describe to describe his arrest and yeah. what happened. Yeah, let's introduce Len. So who is Len? How does he play a role in this story? Give us the brief background and then Len, you can take it away. I'll, I'll let Len tell you who he is. Welcome, Len. Hey. How are you? Yeah, hi there. My name is Leonard Lawrence. I'm a former member of Her Majesty's Armed Forces. I served in the Royal Navy. Uh, thereafter, uh, I became a commercial pilot, uh, flying the present king of this country, uh, the, the Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, and other senior politicians. How my path crossed with Mark as a commercial pilot I'd actually been exposed to toxic fumes on aircraft and I, 26 other uh, airline pilots were tested in America, Duke's University, and we all had moderate brain damage. But rather than look after us, I was uh, put under the case care of uh, government legal services and medicated until I lost capacity for over a year. I was rescued by one of the world's leading uh, trauma consultants in uh, psychiatry, Winkermesser, Professor uh, Gordon Turnbull. And from the day I got released from government legal services, I was determined to find out what had happened to me. And my path crossed with Mark when my case had got to the Court of Appeal in England. And a High Court judge in England, Paul Fleard, instructed that my case be sent to the Court of Appeal. But a judge called uh, his honour judge, Simon Oliver, um, is known to many victims of abuse. He actually sent instructions to a court of appeal judge, Master Mary Bancroft Rimmer, that my appeal was refused. And someone in the court of appeal leaked me those papers. And it's the same judge, Mary Bancroft Rimmer, who Mark's case is linked to. And on the day, two day, a day, I think it was the 30th of March, 2022, uh, on the day Mark's papers were filed in the court, my house was raided by Avon and Somerset police. I have an acquired brain injury from, from uh, my flying career. And I, my house was searched, my computers were seized, my phone was seized. I was taken to a police station by Avon and Somerset Police in Bridgewater. I was placed in the custody, DNA tested, I was uh, fingerprinted. I was placed into a custody cell. I was denied access to a solicitor in the custody cell. I had an appropriate adult to um, safeguard me. But what happened, uh, all of a sudden, three psychiatric nurses appeared in the uh, uh, custody cell and for two hours I was goaded provoked and antagonized to lose my appropriate adult was taken away so I was all on my own and they were determined to section me uh, fortunately they failed 
Then upon my release, the mental well, section health... section you for what? Mental illness? They wanted you to... Uh, yeah, allegedly I was mentally ill. Uh, yet four weeks earlier, I've been assessed again by an international chartered psychologist. I've uh, got the results and I was more than sane. And a week after they tried to section me, I was seen by an NHS doctor and I was perfectly sane. So the nurses accused me of being seriously mentally ill. So when I got released, I got brought home by the police and, and with this uh, appropriate adult who looks after me. Then the mental health nurses entered my medical records. And at the last check, 111 people associated with Somerset NHS Foundation Trust had entered my medical records. The most serious allegations against me were I'd threatened multiple threats of anthrax attack against the public. I had assaulted my wife and children and all these allegations, which I didn't know. But fortunately, I found out. And it's a pattern in this country, in England, uh, particularly at the moment, to silence people. They have weaponized psychiatry. And in my case, it was solely the mental health nurses, not the psychiatrists who work with the police, who are trying to silence victims like mine. Now, Mark case and my case, we came across the same people. Um, we came across the same Lord Chief Justice. We came across Paul Kernigan, uh, who was the judicial ombudsman. And we all experienced the same uh, encounterment with him. They were silencing us and they were not uh, investigating. Um, but uh, Mark stood by me, Mark's helped me, but basically that's my background. We're all encountering these same individuals, but particularly in the Court of Appeal, we're encountering um, Bancroft Rimmer and Master Sally Nietzsche. What, the best way to describe uh, the experiences I had, there's two films and your uh, viewers might want to watch it. One was called um, I Care A Lot, starring Rosalind Pike, and the other one, is Dark Waters. It was all about the Teflon coating. They're very similar to what happened to me. But anyway, back to you now. I'm still not exactly sure how you fit into the puzzle here, though, in Mark's case. Can you guys explain that? It's the same judge. Both our cases ended up with Master Mary Bancroft Rimmer in the Civil Court of Appeal. Yeah, I, I named um, Bancroft. Am I live here? I named I named Bancroft Rimmer as a corrupt judge, uh, a corrupt appeal court judge, in my appeal, because in the high court, defendants had said that judge that Anne Shue Jane should be awarded extra damages for what I'd said what I said about appeal court judges. So that would mean he'd, he'd effectively be on the receiving end for libel against judges. So who would deserve um, the compensation but those judges with him as the paymaster? Well, obviously, that gives a financial motivation for appeal court judges to throw my appeal. And I'd named which corrupt which, which appeal court judges were corrupt, including Mary Bancroft Rimmer, I had cited Len's evidence as part of my appeal as well as that of uh, William Brokesmith. So Len was the number two witness who was, and I had documentation from him that showed that the Court of Appeal was corrupt. 
Now, who han- guess who handled the appeal? Mary Bancroft Remmer. So she judges the case in which she's named as the corrupt judge. She did. She handled that case anonymously. Now, when I needed a transcript, the transcribers uh, wrote and told me that the High Court refused to give them a recording so there could be no authenticated transcript. So I demanded, I, I did uh, what's called a subject access request, is to find out the chain of emails to see who was, see who, to see who at the High Court was blocking the Court of Appeal from having a transcript of hearing. The Court of Appeal refused to name the names and let the High Court completely sabotage the appeal by not having to supply a transcript of all the wrongdoing. So you've got one witness dead, one witness they tried to section, and if there's any doubt that uh, the judges were totally corrupt and complicit in, in the murder and attempted murder of Len, you can see that in the refusal to simply get a, a transcript completed. And the transcript would show that the judge granted me permission to appeal because he granted it orally. At the end of the hearing, he joked, you can take this to the Court of Appeal if you want to. Well, that joke was him bragging. but it ma He made a mistake in that he granted me permission to appeal, which means automatic right to an appeal court with three independent judges and, and uh, transcripts. But, of course, that wouldn't go through if the transcript was withheld. So that's exactly what they did. So all of these judges are, are complicit with the double murder of William and Valentine Brogsmith and probably the attempted murder of my friend Len Lawrence. All right. So do you think that the Epstein blackmail ring is a Zionist Mossad operation and it's part of this Rothschild money laundering honeypot? that we're describing here, and it's meant specifically to keep judges, attorneys, anybody with any power at all in line through the blackmail of these pedo rings. And of course, the multi-million dollar mansion in New York City that was all wired for sound and video. Is that what the entire honeypot was about? Just allowing this stuff to continue and keeping whistleblowers in line? These days, if you're into gay sex, it's probably easier to get married than a straight man. To be honest, the way things are going, and it's it's easier to get a high-profile job if you're gay. I mean, the not the number two and number three judges in this country are both are both gay. So Adrian Fulford, and uh, one judge he was he was also involved with the paedophile information exchange, and uh, Simon Oliver, who was the corrupt judge in Len's original case, is also gay. So when feminists say that the the problem is the patriarchy. The half right. They need to modify that. It was. It's the gay hierarchy. You've got, you've got gay paedophiles running the show. Now that doesn't mean that every gay is part of this. It's no, just I was going to mention it, that. Yep. I think yeah. some of these guys who uh, are gay are also into little boys, and you know once that stuff is on video. Well, then they got them, you know, right where they want them. And that's all by design. I think that's what the whole honeypot was about so that you can blackmail them for the rest of the time. And uh, 
That's just the Mossad, right? By way of deceit, thou shalt wage war. Peter Mandelson's gay, so he he's, he's on the screen there. Mandelson was the trade commissioner for the EU. I think he was Tony Blair's number two. He's, he's called the Prince of Darkness in the press. He, he appeared on Epstein's Island cooking food for Epstein, but he's gay, so he wouldn't have any interest at all in the girls. Mm-hmm. So what would be his function there? And he was a member of the Herhausen. And uh, Epstein also met, met high-level members of Mossad. So without question, this is Mossad's um, blackmail operation. Let me ask you something else here. Um, guys, I'm sorry if we're all over the map because, you know, I'm just sort of, yeah. I'm trying to keep up on this David versus Goliath story just as uh, much as you guys are. But uh, Russian money laundering in the UK Court of Appeal led to the corruption of two coroner's inquests, that of Gareth Williams yeah. and that of William Brokesmith. We talked about William Brokesmith. Now, remind us, who is Gareth Williams? I don't know if you've heard in America, the spy in the body bag. Oh, so, maybe so in the got- tub, in the bathtub? Yeah, so you've got a, thi- a thin young man in his Is that swing. right, though? Is that the guy they found yeah. in a body bag That's in a bathtub? Right. I, I heard that. It's absolutely horrifying. I actually Jesus. thought of this the other night. I think it would be the most horrifying way to die. A GCHQ operative. He's running software that, guess what, intercepts banking transactions that go through GCHQ. And guess what they were searching for? Russian money laundering. So at the time he was doing that and dis and ended up dead, that was about 2010. The Dansk Estonia Russian money laundering operation began in 2007. Now, if you figure that he's intercepting data at random, then the more trades that go that go through and the and the and the greater the value of those trades, the more likely that they'll be picked up by his software. So the chances are when he when his software was running, it identified the Dansk Estonia operation that Deutsche Bank was running. So he, he ends up discovered in a body in a sports bag, padlocked on the outside, no fingerprints on the padlock and no fingerprints on the bath. But they found a de- a dried semen stain. Uh, which, I, as far as I know, it was never dated. And then they say, that proves he must have been masturbating in the bag. This well, if you're insane. masturbating in the bag, how does the semen get on the outside of the no, bag? No, it's insane. He was padlocked inside the bag. The bag yeah. was found inside a bathtub. This was obviously a murder. And exactly. you said this guy was MI6. Yeah, MI6. They're not even going. They're not even going to defend their own. You're telling me and, they can't yeah. suss this stuff out. Well, you, you know who? You know who was running that investigation? William Hague, Burnett's friend, who was best, who was the wrestling buddy, literally the wrestling buddy of Jimmy Savile. You got so uh, what... William, sorry, William Hague was uh, Jimmy Savile's judo partner in uh, Newcastle. That's basically wrestling, isn't it? I mean, you, I mean, someone who someone who says to Jimmy Savile, "Let's, you know, strip off and you can practice your throws on me." <laughs> no, you but I mean, honestly, about. though, this is what I want the audience just to absorb is how bloodthirsty these people are. They are cold blooded killers. So imagine yeah. you're this guy, you uncover some money laundering and that's your job. And the next thing you know, you find yourself in a flat. Yeah, probably two bad guys pointing guns at you saying, get in the bag. You want your parents uh-huh. to live? You want your sister? You want your brother to live? Get in the damn bag. 
You get in the bag, they zip it up, they padlock it, and they leave. And you die in that bag over a course of how many days? Absolutely horrifying. So on the am I sick? Yeah. They've never solved the crime, have they? Of course. No. Why? Why would they? Why would they? Why would they? Yeah, so the temperature was turned up so that his body would decay, you know. Um, and you have William Hague running it, and basically the narrative was that he was a sissy who had a collection of women's clothes, and so he kind of brought that brought it upon himself for being a sissy. And the man running the investigation is Jimmy Savile's wrestling partner. You know, so you can see the psychology of the man running the show, William Hague, has completely corrupted that investigation. And who gets to do the autopsy? Fiona Wilcox, who also does the coroner's inquest for William Brokesmith. And in each case, you've got Russian money laundering. And in no case does she mention the Russians, the Russian money laundering. So she's being paid off to cover up state-sponsored murders. And she refused to answer my fire. And when I tried to get a follow-up, I was told, you're not allowed to follow follow up this fire on whatdoyouknow.com because um, the recipients marked it as spam. And it was the only ever one I've sent to the coroner's office. Can I ask you something just about the big picture? This is yeah. sort of a selfish question, but I think the audience might want to know. So they've been manipulating precious metals prices and, you know, kneecapping silver through the paper markets, gold too, but silver specifically making it the cheapest tangible asset on planet Earth, so much so that nobody even wants it, right? Nobody wants to buy something yeah. that never goes up in value. The bankers, the bankers want it. They stockpile. Well, that's my question for you. Is yeah. this entire scheme not only a looting of the West in the treasuries of the UK, the treasuries of the United States, you know, they're... You'll notice that the bankers are the only ones that ever get bailouts, 2008, 2009. Is a big part of this the fact that they want to hoard as much physical gold and physical silver as possible because it is so intrinsically valuable? Because the narrative these days is that it's a barbarous relic and nobody wants it. What's the reality? With gold, the only ever value really was um, money. Gold is money, but whether gold can still be money in the electronic age, I don't know. So for that reason, I never advocate to people to get gold. I always suggest silver, platinum, palladium, iridium, which are industrial metals, and they all manipulate. Every, every, every precious metal is manipulated. And if you want to know why, you look at the FCA reports against HSBC for forex rigging, in that document, which is online, you can see the algorithm they use for manipulating not just the forex markets, but all markets, is called taking out the filth. That's the name of the algorithm. And whatever you apply it to, you end up confiscating. So if you apply it to currency, you end up with a bag of currency. If you apply it to houses, <laughs> you end up stealing houses from people, which is the mortgage interest rate manipulation, which is how they how they got hold of the subprime portfolio. And for precious metals, it's literally to get hold of those bars of metals. It's taking out the filth. That's the name of the algorithm. It's not just about short suppression. If you just short stuff, 
people can just buy on the other side. What you have to do is force stop loss events, which is where people are contracted to return. Um, well, they're they're basically they're they're contracted to lose their de trading deposits once the price is sufficiently low, and they're in no position to buy back. That's how you confiscate. But the mechanism will apply to any market. This is what I said in court that the forex manipulation cartel, the LIBOR manip manipulation cartel, and the precious metal manipulation cartel are all one and the same. There's one cartel using one me mechanism to manipulate every market. And once you understand that mechanism, you realize how stupid, you realize how simple it is. And these people aren't geniuses. They're just getting away with it because they they bought off everyone or they're blackmailing everyone. There's no, there's no. I mean, you you read about these um, directors of these banks with their PhDs and their doctorates in physics and mathematics, and you look at all those trading computers. But at the end of the day, the only reason the banks exist is because of fraud. Their trading computers have the acumen of a four-year-old. Trading doesn't work. The theory of trading doesn't work. The theory of economics doesn't work in the fi in fine detail enough for electronic trading to be profitable in the long run. The only way you can make money is to rig the markets. Yeah. Well, if you trade the markets, go ahead. That's what they do, and they steal everything as a result. Yeah, and they're doing the same thing in my view right now with Bitcoin. Maybe you can comment on that because here's what happens, right? With any rational investor will employ stop losses. You don't have to if you just want to be a buy and hold guy forever, sort of that Warren Buffett mentality. But let's say you're a trader. Let's say you're trading on margin and you yeah, want to go exactly. long Bitcoin because now BlackRock and all these banks are, they need Bitcoin, right? So you think yeah. you can go long Bitcoin at 48,000 after the bankers get in and the ETFs get approved. And then there's a waterfall event where Bitcoin corrects 10,000 bucks and it's still correcting on a daily basis here. It seems to plummet 1500 bucks a day. And I know what they're doing. They're taking out those stop losses so they can acquire the Bitcoin from those weak hands. And they're not necessarily weak hands in the sense that it's dumb money. It's people trying to protect their downside. They're looking at support levels. And if they set their stop loss below a support level, so in case that support level is hit, they're not you know, stopped out. The bankers do exactly what the bankers need to do to get that silver, gold, or Bitcoin out of those hands through these waterfall events where they trigger the stop losses, suddenly getting all this liquidity that otherwise didn't exist. And it's total theft because they're gaming the system. And I'm sick and tired of it. Do you think that's exactly what's going on in Bitcoin right now as well? That's exactly. Once they've got the ability to short the market and to, to force to, um, convince people to trade on margin then they apply taking out the filth and you're the filth and you lose everything mm -hmm. how do you guys want this case to wrap up i mean if wishes were fishes and i don't think you're going to get justice any more than we're going to see justice in the epstein case although megan kelly does continue to say and this is very interesting that she says i don't know i can't tell you how i know this but y'all may be hearing from jeffrey epstein himself in the future she just said that a few weeks ago, which is a little bit mind blowing. I mean, did the guy actually kill himself? Was he suicided or was he escaped out of that jail, that high security jail where all the video cameras failed 
and the guards were sleeping <laughs> during his supposed suicidedness. Um, anyway, f- uh, feel well, free to you, comment on any of that. You figure there were two cameras, but they weren't the only cameras. You'd have cameras in every corridor. So you wouldn't ha- you wouldn't just rely on those two cameras to form right. a picture of who visited the cells. You're talking to the guy who knows all about what happened to those uh, cameras atop the Pentagon on 9-11 and the cameras atop a Sitco gas station that were seized by the FBI. No, no, no. We know what's going on here. But truthfully, how would you like if you could have one wish and God himself could help you out here? How would this all resolve itself? What could what could be done for you, Mark Anthony Taylor, to get any justice in this case for yourself and for we the people who have been fleeced by these bankers for decade after decade after decade? The answers unfolding before us is that we've got runaway inflation, the having to raise interest rates in order to suppress that in to suppress that inflation, which is perfectly the correct thing to do, because you can't honestly lend at less than the rate of inflation, and if you try to, you increase inflation. But as they're doing that, they're rendering all of these mortgages and BlackRock's portfolio insolvent. Now, as there becomes mass homelessness, people will want some solution. And the solution is that the likes of Larry Fink and the Crown told by the people that you confiscated those houses, you took control of the mortgages, through mortgage interest rate manipulation, you consolidated it, and now that those houses have to be returned as a remedy to the homeowners. Well, whether someone tells them that or not, I can't imagine that you're going to have literally hundreds of millions of people around the world made homeless, <coughs> and Larry, Fo- Larry Fink's portfolio value preser- be preserved. I think one way or another, that portfolio, which is $20 trillion worth of real estate, is going to be gone from Larry Fink. And that's what, see, when they steal money or they steal bullion, all of those things um, have a superficial value compared to real estate. Real estate is, it's mines, it's farms, it's where people live. That's ultimately where people want to store their wealth, even more than gold. You want to be a landowner. So that's their long-term aspiration, is to control all of the property around the world. And it's unfolding. I don't have to do anything. Their quantitative easing put the poison in the system. It's taken almost, what, 16 years for that quantitative easing to yield inflation, and it's now run away. And they've got no mechanism to suppress it, which doesn't dis- destroy the value of that housing portfolio. So at some point, just as um, I think it was the president of Indonesia had to run away, wasn't it? So all of these people are suddenly going to realise that their their blackmail slush fund, it's all gone. <laughs> people are going to be demanding houses, and they are the people that stole it. So there may be some kind of justice for us. I don't. I really don't know what's. I don't know really whether we're going to get justice or not. But I want to at least die fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us have died fighting. 
and myself. And, and what we didn't say earlier about Len is that uh, Len's arrest was detailed on CCTV because the police station is full of CCTV cameras. He put a complaint in against the arrest and then that CCTV was deleted and the police tell him that that, that material should be preserved forever. So you've got highly incriminating date, uh, CCTV incriminating the police for a wrongful arrest and violations of his rights, and then that's deleted. So anyone who's arrested in the UK should cite Len's case and say, I want independent recordings live streamed through YouTube of my interrogation, of my interviews. Otherwise, the police might be guilty of misconduct, then, like in Len's case, delete them. Mm -hmm. So anyone who follows your program, who's facing the courts, who's facing a jury, can you know can cite the judges in our case, can cite the systematic abuse of process, and they can say the judges who stand before you, the appeal court judges, it's already in the bag even before it's hit the high court. So why should anyone go to prison when the judges are more guilty than anyone who stands in the dock? Yeah, the whole system is so incredibly, incredibly, hopelessly corrupt, and the rabbit hole runs so deep that the average person doesn't stand a chance to understand the big picture because I studied this stuff, and I had you on the show in the past, and a lot of this went down the memory hole for me. So this is a great you know, rehash of what we all should know when Klaus Schwab over at the World Economic Forum says, in the future, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy because they will be the landowners and we will be the renters in perpetuity. That is the business model that they're trying to roll out. And everything we just talked about is part of that larger picture if they can get away with it. But you're saying that you don't think they're going to get away with it. You're saying that what they're doing is eventually they're going to wake up enough people like you and me and my listeners that we will hit a tipping point and humanity will fight back. Is, is that what you're saying or is that just your wish? You had a guest on a couple of years ago and you asked him, where does he draw the line? And he said he draw the line at his own front door. Mm -hmm. You can throw firebombs through people's front doors. You can shell them. You can bankrupt them from the outside. You can deny them food and water and power from outside their front line. So if you wait for the enemy to cross into your house, like so many people say they will, you're really the sort of person who does nothing, who will let people walk in and take your children. You're lying to yourself if you say the front line is your front door. So there's no front line, and we're all, all going to face some... Um, some horrible situation that's coming up with this uh, inflation. It's global inflation like the world has never seen. And and the, the blackmail operation, the, the, the bribery operation, is all funded by this treasure trove. And that's, that's coming to an end. What follows? You can guarantee you'll have um, people flying the nationalist flag who are owned by the system. They'll try and just steer us back um, to the old system under another guise. So it's up to people not to not to be fooled. There's there's no real advice I can give other than be wise. But you know most people aren't going to spend five minutes researching the people they vote for. 
It's the tragic truth of it. Let me tell you something. I want to show you this because uh, you just said something which uh, resonates. Have you seen these clowns? We these have this the Patriot Front in the United States. Absolute yeah. clowns. They're obviously feds. Everybody knows they're feds. Yeah. They dress like feds. They look like feds. They're all wearing khakis. They're all masked up. They're obviously either current military, ex-military or feds, FBI. There's something about these guys which Look at that. Zionists in government. Yeah. Isn't that funny how they hide the truth right in the wide open, but they try to put a turd in the punch bowl with these guys. So it's heard, all an heard, operation. It's all a psyop, man. You heard of Tommy Robson in the UK? Yeah, you bet. Tommy Robson com, com, you know, is presented as the face of the new right, if you will, or the new far right. He's a Jewish Zionist. and He's basically stirring all the energy against Islam and nothing against Zionists. When he wanted an appeal, he's granted the appeal in one week. I've been wait. I was waiting a year before they threw mine out, mm -hmm. and Len Lens goes on forever and ever. Mm -hmm. But the likes of Tommy Robson, they get them done in a week. So yep. what does that tell you? It tells us everything. And by the way, Wall Street Silver hitting the nail on the head here. If Patriot Front was actually a real organic white supremacy group, the media would be all over this story to expose every member and ruin their lives. The fact that that is not happening confirms they are feds. Everybody knows they're feds. See, here's the good news, if there's any good news at all. Where previously this stuff worked, what you're looking at on screen used to work. 9-11 worked. It was a spell that was cast on the American people and it worked for some period of time. Uh, these spells aren't working nearly as good as they once did. And I think that's because we're hitting a tipping point and humanity's waking up. I'll give you the final word, Mark Anthony Taylor and Len Lawrence. I want to thank you for your time as well. But Mark, um, a tipping point. How close are we to the great awakening tipping point? Are we there? I feel like we're close to being there. In fact, I feel like we're there and these people are cornered rats. If someone stands up and says they are the face of the great awakening, ask this ask yourself this what of larry finks are they going to confiscate and redistribute to the victims of fraud if it's nothing then they're a fake mm -hmm. that's all i have to say i think that's very well said guys i know this was a short interview we just scratched the surface mark where do you want people to go to learn more clearly the website there is very interesting uh what was that shireman.com is that right www.shireman.com with a Y. My Twitter account is at Shireman, but I never get any retweets. It's a totally dysfunctional, you know, X Twitter, totally dysfunctional website. YouTube banned me. I use DTube. They took all my videos down off DTube, even though they said it was blockchain. So yours is the only website that covers my stuff. So they can look at what I've done on your website. I'd be happy if you could create a collage of previous works and um, put that as a link somewhere. But you, you're the you're the only source these days, Sean. Well, that's sad, isn't it? It's really sad. Yeah. I wonder why the alternative news media never got in touch with you after our first couple of interviews, because it was very interesting, very pertinent to the whole sex trafficking Epstein thing. And maybe those interviews predated Epstein. I bet they did, didn't they? 
I was exposing Epstein and Staley in 2017 with FOIAs that showed he was blackmailing Parliament, and then the mainstream media took two years to expose that link, and it took and Parliament knew about it in 2015. It took six years. They did, they did nothing. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, that's about right. So I've, I've been media. exposing. Yeah, I've been exposing this before everyone else. Um, I, I am banned by every editor of the Financial Times from sending email because the um, the chief editor of the Financial Times, Brooke Ellison Masters, is married to none other than John Leo Farry, who signed off the restraining orders against me as general counsel of Deutsche Bank. So, you know, the finan every every single editor on the Financial Times, every newspaper blocks me. Mm -hmm. Everyone, I mean, you, you think uh, you think some some of these fringe newspapers might be interested? No, not one. Mm -hmm. Only you, mm -hmm. only you. Well, that says a lot about the integrity of your show, and it also says a lot about the so-called alternative right. Um, it's it's not really alternative. It's just. Um, They'll they'll only report on stuff that's been reported before. They'll take no risks. Hmm. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I don't wear it as any badge of honor. In fact, I feel a little bit like I dropped the ball in this because I haven't had you on in so long. So, you know, I'll try to do better. But uh, look, I mean, I think I should start tagging these things off like I used to back in the day when I had a YouTube channel early on. I always used to tag my videos off by saying, guys, at this point in human history, it's we the I've, people versus I've the banksters. I've got one more bombshell. Oh, all right. We like bombshells. Go for it. Okay. COVID-19 released 2019, probably October. What the newspapers didn't report, as far as I know, there's only one reference, which is August the 19th, 2019, from com was an expose that the Chinese not just had... Um, a program to weaponize all biological research. What wasn't reported, apart from defense1.com, was with the intent of creating ethnic cleansing viruses, which is a translation in English from the original Chinese military documents. No one said that, not Rand Paul, not anyone... Um, who had been informed by the security services, and they'd all be informed by the security services, the political elite, not Trump. No one has admitted that the Chinese were creating an ethnically cleansing virus. Now, the virus has two features that are interesting. First of all, it has HIV spike inserts. The second is that it's, it appeared to be treatable by uh, malaria treatments, malaria drugs. Well, which race has natural resistance to malaria but vulnerability to HIV? Boy, do I have a bombshell for you. Go ahead. What? Which? Africa. Yeah, well, check this out. Dr. Lee Merritt is on record having said, and I think it's really important that she said it, that the COVID-19 vaccine targets pretty much everybody on the planet with the exception of two, I guess, races, for lack of a better word, one of which she said, I believe I'm going off memory, was the Amish. And the other, she said, I believe she said, 
Ashkenazi Jews. She might have said Kazarian Jews. I think she said Ashkenazi Jews. Those are the two races not targeted by the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. The lethality of um, COVID-19 in England, which has uh, darker weather than the rest of the world, um, kind of in the wintertime, it gets really dark, so there's no ultraviolet light to wipe it out, which is the natural rinsing mechanism. Well, the fatality amongst black people was five times higher than white people. <laughs> so this suggests that black people were the target um, race, and, of course, who's got claim to African farmland but China? And when it was discovered that black people were dropping like flies of COVID in the UK, who do they blame but white working-class people for dog-whistling and microaggressions? Mm. When the Chinese, it looks to me that they engineered the, engineered the virus as an airborne HIV to infect and kill black people. And the 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 key the key is the ethnic the ethnic cleansing agenda that no one but defenseone.com will cover. Why was that kept from? Why is that kept out of the public spotlight? I think for the exact same reason that the uh, fares reporting database is not covered by the mainstream media in this country. The fact that people are dropping dead all over the world from myocarditis and pericarditis, the fact that Edward Dowd wrote a book called Died Suddenly, it's not being reported by the mainstream horror media in this country or internationally. You know why? Because everything's a cover-up and everything's an operation. At this point, everything around us, look, all you need to do is watch, I know you don't live in this country, but if you want to know what the CIA talking points are across the board, just watch the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Give yourself 25 minutes, 28 minutes. I guess it's probably about 19 minutes after commercials. 19 to 20 minutes of pure propaganda every single night on the NBC Nightly quote-unquote news with CIA asset Lester Holt. I know you don't have the benefit of seeing that, but uh, YouTube, yeah. you'll be shocked at the bullshit that they talk about. Their version of events is the exact opposite of the truth. You want to know what's going on in Gaza? Here's the Israeli side. You want to know what's going on in Ukraine? Well, here's Zelensky. You want to know what's going on in China? Well, here's the DOD to give you an update. You want to know what's going on with the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine and all the deaths? Here's the CDC and the FDA to assure you it's safe yeah. and effective. Here's a new Pfizer spot featuring the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, who's now dating Taylor Swift, who says it's safe and effective. Go get a twofer. Get your flu shot and your bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine in the same office visit. That's what we get in this country on TV 24-7, Mark. You have to wonder whether the purpose of the Russian collusion hoax against Trump, or I'll be a bit more neutral, the purpose of the Russian collusion allegations against Trump was set up deliberately to lead to Hillary and Oleg Deripaska deliberately so that they'd fail? And why would someone want allegations of Russian collusion against a a president to fail because they want to say that allegations of Russian collusion are debunked. That may have been the entire purpose of the allegations, not to attack Trump. That was just to show, but to, to, to say that they were debunked. And that was done before Russia invaded Ukraine. 
that that upset the wheel cart terribly. Mm-hmm. That basically that that was the um, what do they call it? The black sheep, the unexpected. That no one had really forecast the, the role of that in world politics. But uh, what I, I think Putin was up to his neck in the Epstein ring. I don't think he's um, on anyone's side. I think he, you know, these things, they're like a spider web and it's like the spiders are attacking each other and say, get out of my web. But that's, you know. Well, it's spycraft though too. It's spycraft. So if you're Putin, you want any information you can get so that you have this blackmail if you need it on politicians around the world. So, you know, Epstein could be useful to somebody like Putin. Putin's very, very smart. Let me ask you this, and I have to wrap this up because I need to prepare for another interview, but let me ask you this, final question. Donald J. Trump has said, and believe me, the people in the comments, they love to shit on Donald J. Trump. So let me just ask yeah. your opinion. Donald J. Trump has openly combated the United Nations and the U.S. involvement in the U.N. and has said, we're not going to stand down and take orders from the U.N. We're not going to take orders from the World Economic Forum. We're not going to introduce a central bank digital currency, not on my watch. What do you make of what's going on in this country right now as they're trying to put the man in prison? They're trying to remove him from the ballots. And by the way, this criminal Supreme Court of the United States under uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts has just put a death nail in our coffin by saying Texas does not have the right to defend its own border and they need to dismantle the barbed wire fencing and all of the measures they put into place under Governor Abbott. They need to dismantle that and let the criminal feds back in. And I saw a great meme. I think it was probably from Garrison, a great cartoon. And it was a picture of creepy pedo Joe Biden standing at the border in front of a border agent. And the caption said, it is unconstitutional for you to prevent us from committing crimes. So it's total treason. What do you make of what they're trying to do to Trump? Do you think he'll be on the ballot? Do you think he'll be the next president of the United States? Or is it game over for our country and the world? Have you you noticed how none of those Supreme Court justices or any of those lawyers criticized Trump for not pardoning Julian Assange? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... We're all looking at what we think is the story, but there's uh, you could ask Trump, uh, do you think it was right that we were bombing Syria to destabilize it and to help ISIS, which is Sunni, take over the Shia country? Israel were giving medical treatment to ISIS, then they, I, with, the, with the support of the Sunnis, they they you know supply Hamas with weapons that then go on to bomb Israel. I mean, what the hell are we doing with in the Middle East with that kind of backstabbing? And did any did anyone ask Trump what he did to kind of bring illumination to these complexities? So, well, one Trump, thing though, you know, let me push back gently. I mean, are you saying that uh, Trump has blood on his hands over Syria? Because I remember all the false flag stuff that was going on in Syria to try to bait Trump into bombing Assad. And he was really he showed a lot of restraint, unlike this puppet we have right now. 
who's just willy nilly letting tomahawks fly at Yemen and really bringing us closer and closer to the brink of World War Three. And that's exactly what they wanted to do with uh, that witch, Hillary Clinton. If she would have gotten in in 2016, all of this stuff would have been fast tracked. We would have lost four years of our lives far sooner under that witch, because I think it's their goal. If they can't get what they yeah. want, they're going to upset. They're going to upend the whole game table. They're just going to like a, a bratty child. You know, if I can't win, nobody wins uh, with nuclear war, I think, if they can get away with it. I've always, well, for the past five, ten years or whatever, I've always considered, considered Trump and the deep and the deep states an enigma. I don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. I don't have the information. So it's, it's guesswork. I don't believe, you know, I believe he's a rebel in some ways and he's probably feared. But whether that's... Um, People just feeding in, you know, I mean, most of these judges and lawyers, they're not too bright. And if, if you know, there's there's this thing called the Trump delusion syndrome where people are kind of blind to everyone's sin except for Trump's. Mm -hmm. So some of it, some of it is this Trump delusion syndrome. I think some of it, is quite honest in that they, you know, you have criticisms of Trump for um, not doing stuff or doing stuff, but there's some complexity behind the scene I don't understand. So people try to get me to commit to hating Trump or to loving Trump, but until I understand that complexity, <clears throat> I'm not going to take sides. Um, no, I'm with you. For me, for me someone has to prove themselves. Um, Trump hasn't proven himself to me. Well, what the but yeah. to me, what has happened is the deep state cabal, the entrenched stay behind deep state, the Obama people, the uh, DOD people, the CIA people, the mainstream horror media people. They have done that heavy lifting for us because they have made him they've tried to make him an enemy of the people and the people aren't buying it. So really, for anybody who wants to look at Trump as our cup is still half full, as I sometimes do as I often do, and I take criticism for it, it's really a Hail Mary. It's our last chance because I am a pragmatist and I understand that if they steal another election or God forbid something bad happens to that man, it's game over. There's no pulling us back from the brink. Who's going to save us? Nikki Haley? Are you kidding me? Nikki Haley? You know, Stu Peters just did a thing about her uh, uh, extramarital affairs that nobody knew about. You know, all of these people are blackmailable. You know, what's that gal's name? Jess Staley. Was that her name? I mean, what a joke. Je Jess Staley is the man. The best um, of the best. Uh, Jess yeah. Staley and Nikki Haley and that witch, Kamala Harris. I mean, the whole system is an absolute joke. You know, the emperor wears no clothes and only a little kid can see it, evidently, because the sheeple are just brainwashed, I guess, the you know, the majority of them. It's not just a dog king, is it? It's a dog government these yeah. days. Yeah, Joe Biden, the dog king. If you guys don't know what that is, you know, look it up. It's kind of interesting. It's a total, total insult. Installing a dog king after you conquer at people. All right. Well, that's what we have. We have Joe Biden, the dog king. You know, I hate to wrap this up. I really enjoy our conversations. I'm going to remind everybody your uh, website here is Shireman.com. I will leave a link below. First, let's say our goodbye to Len. Len, you didn't say much, but I really appreciate you coming on today. I'll give you the last word if you have anything to say, if there's a website you can, you know, you want to plug anything at all. Yeah, uh, mainly 
uh, as I said, I was a commercial airline pilot. I got poisoned by toxic fumes, and that brought me into the justice system. Uh, you can Google me, Leonard Lawrence Pilot. My main primary focus at the moment is how increasingly uh, psychiatry is being used and weaponized to silence people like Mark and myself and many others. Yeah, I think it's happening around the world, too. And look no further than what happened with these criminal white coats and the nurses during the COVID-19 lockdowns. So, you know, for anybody who thinks that anything Len said or Mark said seems a little bit superfluous, you know, it's a little bit hyperbolic. Just remember what these white coat killers did to people in the hospitals. They vented your loved ones. They put them on remdesivir. They slowed down their breathing and they killed them for money. That's what's going on. You think the uh, psychiatric field is any cleaner? I sincerely doubt it. Guys, our guests have been Len Lawrence. Len, thank you so much. We appreciate your time today. Fine. Thank you. And Mark Anthony Taylor. I'll leave the website below, shireman.com. Mark, Godspeed, my friend. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Sean. You You were the star of the show. No, I'm not. But I appreciate you and I appreciate having a platform where I can try to get the real news out, the antidote to corporate propaganda, which is what we're trying to do here every single day. And I remind everybody listening, we've got three websites for you, thelibertymill.com, thephaser.com, where I hand select videos and documentaries and things that are increasingly difficult to find anywhere because of algorithms. You know, if you're not subscribed to the channels, they don't come up in your feed. So how do you find the channels if the algorithms don't put them in your feed? This is what thephaser.com is all about. Head on over there, guys. And of course, sgtreport.com. That is the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those mainstream mockingbird bankster lies. God bless you and yours, friends. Bye-bye. What you're looking at is a criminal, satanically possessed psychopathic enterprise so you have criminal psychopaths that are satanically possessed advancing their pattern and practice when you do a rico racketeering organization enterprise criminal complaint you have to see the pattern and the practices that they're advancing you go back to event 201 